0: Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen and I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency that helps small and medium-sized businesses generate more leads and sales through their website. We work with a lot of D2C brands and this show is all about helping you to generate more sales if you're a D2C brand. But spoiler alert, even if you're not a DTC brand, there is tons in here which is of massive value to you. If you don't know what a DTC brand is, then stay tuned because all of that will be explained as well. Without further ado, let's do this. The direct consumer business model has been one of the biggest phenomenons in business this century. With well known brands like Gymshark coming from a direct consumer background and being valued at over a billion, groups like the Hutt Group being made up of a bunch of different direct consumer brands turning over more than a billion. You've got high profile exits of direct consumer brands like Movement Watches, for example, that grew from zero to a $300 million exit in just five years and direct-consumer clothing companies like Lounge Underwear growing over 350%, it's not hard to see why so many people are piling into direct-consumer right now. In this video, we're going to map out a growth strategy and lay out the ultimate guide to direct-consumer digital marketing that you can follow if you're a direct-consumer brand wanting to build your customer base. But first, what's going on? Why is direct-consumer such a growth story at the moment? Well. Let's look at an example. At Exposure Ninja over the years, we've worked with a fair few direct consumer brands, and one that we're working with at the moment is Soccer Supplement. Now, Soccer Supplements sell supplements for footballers, or in American, soccer players, or soccerists. Well, let's imagine that we were growing Soccer Supplement from scratch in, say, 2010. What would the process have been? Well, the first thing that we likely would have had to do is take the product out to some local independent stores and basically beg them to stock it. Please can you put this on your shelves to sell to local customers? We would have had to sell this product to the store at a huge discount off RRP so that they could take their cut and make money from the sale. Hopefully, they sell some. If they sell some, that gives us some revenue that allows us to go to the next step. Now, the next step would have been to take the product to larger stores. Now, hopefully, if we've sold some at the small local independents, the larger stores would have given us the time of day and might agree to a trial. But they might also require us to run some big, expensive brand advertising campaign that will be completely untrackable in the hopes that we drive people to their stores to purchase the product. And by the way, these larger stores would have required even more of a discount on RRP so that they could make their cut. So this is the route that we have to take. We have to keep going through retailers, hoping that they will sell their product to their customers and in return, giving them a massive cut of the RRP every single time. Now, we as a brand member have no relationship with the customers. We don't actually know who's buying the product. We don't have their contact details. If we want to launch a new product, we have to go to our retailers and try to get our retailers to launch the product for us. We can't do that direct because we don't have that relationship. Now that's okay, as long as they're selling stuff and these big stores can shift loads and loads of units. So that's all great, but What happens if a competitor comes along and wants to bump you off? Let's say they offer the store an even bigger discount on their RRP or they just pay the store outright to take the most prominent shelf space and nudge you down. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen because if it does, there's not much that you can do. Or let's say that the store sees that your product is selling well and wants to sell their own through their own brand. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen because there's really nothing that you can do about that. Well, you might be thinking, that's a lot of hopefully's, Tim. And yes, it is. Whilst I've learned in business that hope is useful, hope is definitely not a strategy. But let's contrast this with a direct consumer model where you create a product, you build an e-commerce store, you run ads that you can track. Selling your product at RRP or whatever price you want to sell it, basically a much higher margin either way, and you build your list. you own that customer relationship when you create a new product you can send it out to your list if you want to run retargeting ads to them you can you have complete ownership over that interaction there's not much hope required to make that work and that's why direct consumer has taken off in the way it has bigger margins and more control means faster growth. But here's the downside. When it comes to direct consumer marketing, more control is great because you are solely responsible for marketing and selling your product. But that also means that you are solely responsible for marketing and selling your product. And as anyone who has tried to grow a direct consumer brand before will know, it's not as simple as build it and they will come. You need a very comprehensive and well-thought-through digital marketing strategy. Well, it's your lucky day because that's exactly what we're going to do in this video. I'm going to break down the ultimate direct consumer digital marketing plan that you can use. This is based on our work with DTCs, obviously being their marketing agency, also our analysis and deep dives that we've done into some of the fastest-growing DTC brands in the world like the hot Groups brands, Gymshark, and Movement Watches. So stay tuned. Firstly, we're going to go through some principles, and then at the end, I'm going to give you my top actionable tips based on the biggest blockages that we see DTC companies struggling to get over with their digital marketing. Let's do this. The framework that we're going to be using in this video is the Exposure Ninja Star Marketing System. So this is a five-step system, which basically outlines the five key elements behind any successful digital marketing campaign based on our work with clients and also our analysis of what's working really well out there. So we've got these five elements and this works fantastically well for DTC brands as well. The first step in the system is positioning. Now, positioning is all about clearly defining what your business is about, your tone of voice, who you're selling to and the specific problem that you are solving. This is really important for direct consumer brands because in the early days to get traction, it really helps if you focus your audience and offer a very clear solution to the problem. Now we're going to look at some examples of direct consumer brands that have done this really well in the next section. But the next element of the star marketing system is the web presence. This is your website and also your social media channels. Now the website and e-commerce site is core to any D2C brand because this is where you make money. This is where your audience, your followers, your email list turn into customers. We're going to look at some examples of direct consumer brands that have done a really good job of their website and also looking at the key principles that you need to copy if you want to get that sort of growth for your DTC brand. The third element of the star marketing system is the process. Now, process is how you turn someone who is aware of your business into a customer. And this is really key in D2C. In traditional retail, someone who walks into a store would have bought the product because that's what they're there to do. Whereas in D2C, a lot of the time we are advertising to people on social channels. We are trying to encourage people to buy a product from somebody that they've never heard of before so we need a very clear route to be able to do that so you'll notice for example lots of d2c brands are selling gateway products these are products that they know are going to lead to bigger purchases later on down the line you'll notice also lots of brands offering discount sign up email forms on their website in an attempt to generate leads and there are some really good examples of d2c brands using lead generation, not just going for the sale first, but actually using their website to generate email signups that they can then sell to. And we're going to look at one in particular in just a bit. The fourth element in the Star marketing system is people. Now this is all about once you've got your funnel in place, you've got your positioning, you've got your web presence, you've got your process, pouring more people into this. We usually recommend for D2C brands a combination of paid and organic traffic. Because the great thing about paid is it's predictable. You can turn it up and turn it down as you like. And you get a lot of data back about the sort of audience that are converting best. Organic traffic channels, on the other hand, offer you the ability to scale very large and don't cost you per click. So you can go bigger and you don't have to pay for every visitor that's coming onto your site. But the downside of organic traffic channels are that you are susceptible to somebody's algorithm. And anytime your visibility is susceptible to somebody's algorithm, that puts you in a potential place of weakness. This is why we like to suggest a combination of paid and organic traffic channels. And again, we're going to look at some DTC brands that have used this really effectively. The final piece of the puzzle is progression. This is all about turning a one-off customer into a repeat customer and into an advocate, and in some cases, indeed, to see an affiliate or an ambassador for your business. This is really important because you might be spending a lot of money on customer acquisition. You don't want that customer acquisition cost to have to be recouped only on the first sale. You want to be able to make money from that customer that you've spent money to acquire over and over and over again. And then, if possible, if they're really excited about the brand and what you're doing, You want that person to then go and become an advocate and start bringing you in more customers. And again, we're going to look at some examples of brands that have done exactly that. Now, if you're a D2C business, you're likely to have weaknesses in one or more of these areas. The strongest and the fastest growing businesses are strong in each of these areas, but most businesses have lack in at least one of these areas. Some will have lack in two areas, in which case they're really struggling to scale. And any business that's lacking in three or more areas is likely to be feeling the pressure. They're definitely not going to be generating the revenue that the owner or marketing manager thought they would or could. Hey, Tim here, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. If you're enjoying this episode, then please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We absolutely love it. And if you need help growing your own website, whether you're a DTC brand or not, then check out the Exposure Ninja free website and digital marketing review. This is a completely free service where you'll tell us a little bit about your business. We'll then analyze your website, your competitors, and the opportunities that you have to generate more leads and sales through your website. We'll then record a 15-minute video, which we'll send over to you by email, usually within two to three working days. Like I say, this service is completely free and it is totally awesome. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your free website and marketing review today. Okay, in this section, we're going to talk about some D2C brands that have done really well, and we're going to look at how they've used each of these elements. First up, we're going to talk about the positioning piece. Remember, this is what your business is, who you sell to, and the reason for your business existing. The D2C brands that get positioning nailed build a tribe where people want to be a part of that brand. Now, to me, the ultimate business in this space is Gymshark. Gymshark has so clearly built a culture around its brand that for many people of a certain age who with a certain bunch of interests, Gymshark is like their default brand. If you have a look through their Instagram feed as an example. So whilst we've got a range of races and genders, what we don't have a range of is ages. There are no old people on the Gymshark feed. That's because their audience is very narrowly defined as people that are really into fitness, not necessarily health, but into fitness and of a certain age. They are selling a lifestyle and you become part of the club when you buy a Gymshark product. Now, if you think about what this does for their marketing, obviously it massively simplifies the targeting. They don't have to sell you loads of different lifestyles. They sell you one lifestyle and because that's an aspirational lifestyle for all of their audience everyone buys into it now lots of beginner DTC brands might look at that and say yeah but i want to sell to old people as well or i want to sell to other types of people we want to broaden our product range really soon but gymshark has kept their product focus very narrow for quite a long time into the business yes they've ridden the athleisure wear trend but by keeping very focused on what they're good at and not straying outside that into things like shoes and formal wear, they've made their marketing job much, much easier. Now let's move into the presence side of things. So presence is all about having a high-performing website that does a good job of turning a visitor into a customer. Now, one real success story in the UK with DTC is the Smile Direct Club. This is basically braces and teeth aligners for people that you buy online. Now, when you go on the Smile Direct Club website, the call to action and the user journey is extremely clear. Everywhere you go, you see the same call to action. It's click here to get started or am I a candidate? Basically all means the same thing. They have a very straightforward path that they take anyone who comes onto the website through. So let's look at how it works. Firstly, we click on am I a candidate? This takes us through to the smile assessment page. This is basically lead capture. Let's be 100% clear, this is lead capture. The whole purpose of this process is to get my details so that they can sell to me. Now, even if I don't convert, even if I don't become a customer through this, the fact that I'm going through the smile assessment means I have they have my details so they know I'm interested. There's some really clever stuff going on here. Firstly, free, they've made it free. They've really lowered the barrier to entry. One of the most common mistakes with D2C is that people think someone has to buy in order for that person to be of any interest to them. Well, I might not be ready to buy yet or I might be halfway through the process and I get interrupted. If you don't have my contact details then you're forced to retarget to me but you don't actually have any of my information that you can directly communicate me with. So it's much better to have some form of lead capture, whether it's an assessment like this or whether it's a 10, 15, 20% off first purchase like a lot of the Huck Group brands do. So this is a free smile assessment. They've made it short. Again, they're trying to lower the barrier to entry, remove some of the objections that people might have of doing this. So let's just go through the process and we can see how it works because this is something that can apply to every business, whether or not you're selling a medical product or whether or not your product needs diagnosis. For example, if I'm Gymshark, I might be doing the Find Your Ultimate Workout gear. If I'm a soccer supplement, I might be doing Find Your Ultimate Workout stack. If I'm movement watches, it might be find out what type of watch you are, you know, whatever it is. Basically, it's a diagnosis. It's a little game that you people can play and that you can use to understand what people's preferences are so that you can sell to them on the follow-up. Now, what's really interesting about this is the first question, why are you thinking about straightening your teeth? They're trying to understand the motivations behind the customer. Now, whether they're sending me into a segmented email sequence, according to my answer, I don't know. But if I was them and it says I'm getting married, I would be sending optimized content through the emails to people that sign up on that basis, right? The images would be people getting married with beautiful teeth. If it's, I'm looking to start a new job, I'd be showing pictures of people in professional situations, clearly being successful with great teeth, right? So you'd be playing on the reason that they have in their head for purchasing. Anyway, let's just say I want to get rid of that gap. And I'm just looking for generally straighter teeth. Have I worn braces? Yes, I have. Fix a spacing issue. Uh, Let's go for that one. Okay, so we can see I actually don't get any results really tailored for me at all. Basically, yes, it works. You're allowed to buy from us. Now what's happened is they've now got my contact details. They've clearly understood my needs, the reason for me wanting to do this, and they understand some things about my specific situation as well which means they can tailor their follow-up communication to me. If they're smart, they'll put me straight into a retargeting list so they can start running Instagram and Facebook and Google Ads to me based on the things that I've put in the questionnaire. And of course, they're going to tailor their email automation sequence, which will be designed to sell me into one of these two CTAs. So I now have two options. I can book a free visit or I can order an in-home impressions kit. And by the way, they've always got offers on these. Now again, what are they trying to do? They're trying to remove the objections. They're trying to remove the barriers that people might have to taking that next step. So they're making it easy whether you want to go to someone or whether you want to do it online. So this is a pretty decent product page for this tripwire offer. We've got information about how it works, what it looks like. We've got the uh, increase perceived value by use of the defaultly applied voucher code, but actually the product is supposedly worth more than it actually costs you. We've got credibility triggers here through the use of the number of people that have used the product before. And we've got some images as well. We've got more credibility through the reviews. Now this is pretty good. What I might do is have a little video that shows people how to use it. And I might have some before and after videos so that people can be resold on the benefits of getting their teeth straightened because I'm seeing lots of credibility, but I'm not necessarily seeing the progress. But on the whole, it's pretty good. Another example of a direct consumer brand that does a really good job of process, i.e. turning a visitor into a customer or a lead in this case, is lounge underwear. Now, when you go on the lounge underwear site, you have this fitting room thing that you can use to find the perfect fitting bra for you. This is very similar to the Smile Direct process, where we're actually just taking people through a series of questions in order to generate a lead, basically, for the business, but a lead that is categorized. So they know, for example, what size bra I would need, what cup size and what whatever the other measurement is. um, And they will be able to help me by sending me offers for that product. (laughs) You can tell I really need the style guide. I'm completely lost at sea here. But The point is not just making the sale, it's generating the lead. Okay, let's take a look at a D2C brand that is doing really well with traffic, i.e. they're driving loads of people to their stores. Now the Hutt Group owns a range of D2C brands from Look Fantastic, which owns some of the cosmetic brands that it sells, And also sites like myprotein they are really good at driving traffic and one of the things that you'll notice if you analyze the huck group brands is that even though they rank very well organically for the terms that they would want to so for example here we have myprotein ranking number one for protein powder in the uk driving a lot of organic traffic both branded and generic but even though they're doing that they're still aggressively advertising they're still paying to advertise So you might think, well, look, it looks like they're driving around 1.3 million visits to the site organically every month. We'll probably turn the PPC down. That's not what the Huck Group does. The Huck Group goes all in with PPC. They're driving Google Ads, Google Shopping hard. Why? Because they know that if they can get a customer, they can monetize that customer forever. They sell consumable products that people have to buy and rebuy and rebuy. So they are happy to invest a lot of money upfront to get that customer knowing that their backend process is so good that they can resell to them over time. Of course, one of the benefits of D2C is that you're not having to give the retailers a cut. But one of the downsides of D2C is that you often have to invest that cut that you would have given to the retailer into marketing to get that customer in the first place. But the great thing is you only have to invest that once. Once you've got that customer, you can resell to them over time And that means that your margins go up as you bring more customers into the business. So it's not uncommon for a D2C brand in the early days to have much lower margin because they are investing in that customer acquisition. One of the things that the Heart Group and MyProtein do really well is improve the ranking for their product category pages. For example, this page here is all about protein shakes and it's ranking number one in the UK for protein shake. There's a lot to e-commerce and we've got videos which are all about how to increase your e-commerce conversion rates. But one of the things I want to point out here is that the amount of non-commercial content on the MyProtein site is significant. Here we go into the protein guide where I've got 32 pages of information all about protein. Why is this here? Well, it's here for two main reasons. Firstly, to actually convert people if people don't understand and they want a bit more information. Great. Secondly, it's here to help with ranking, whether this is because it's being indexed or whether it's because it's increasing time on page. This stuff really works to help boost the ranking of your site. Now, whether you have this as a separate guide or whether you just beef up the amount of category page copy that you have or you have a separate section on your site, which is all about information, product guides, blogs, articles, knowledge base type stuff. It doesn't really matter. The important thing is, though, is to have that information on your site. This is great for being an organic traffic asset, which you can get ranking for lots of informational phrases that are further up the funnel. But it's also a really powerful tool to send this content to your audience through your email list to get them engaged and to show them that you actually care about helping and supporting rather than just selling to them. If we have a look at the paid ads that they're running, we see they are being extremely aggressive. They don't care how broad the term is. They're happy to go for informational terms like pea protein, which may or may not have any commercial intent, that may or may not be someone who's willing to buy. They're willing to go for the broadest terms like whey protein, bi-protein, hemp protein, cheap protein powder, which you'd think doesn't have much margin with it anyway they don't care. They are just all in on customer acquisition through paid channels. Now this is fairly common amongst D2C businesses that they will reinvest the profit that they're making into customer acquisition costs. This leads them to run at a loss or break even for many years whilst they're building up their audience and their top line revenue. Oftentimes D2C brands sell or take private equity investment and having a high valuation is typically based on having high revenue. So a business like the Hut Group will be happy to sacrifice profit margin to increase top line revenue, knowing that that's going to get them to their goals faster. OK, let's talk about the fifth element, which is progression. So remember, this is all about how you turn a customer into a repeat customer and an advocate. Now, there's obviously loads of ways of doing this through your YouTube channel and your social media posts all the way through to your email marketing, what you're sending people. Are you treating them and surprising them by sending them little free things or are you sending them repeat offers to get them to purchase? Now it's obviously a good idea to have your email list segmented according to the products that they're interested in or particular audience types that they might be, whether it's they're into a particular type of exercise for Gymshark or you might segment people by gender or whatever it might be. This allows you to tailor the messages that you're sending to each part of your audience. But you can also focus on making your audience ambassadors and potentially influencers for the brand. Going again back to My Protein, we see how they have a become a My Protein Ambassador page on your site. And this is all about encouraging people who buy the product to become ambassadors, to become influencers. So they tell you what you get as being a MyProtein ambassador. You get product allowance. You may even get a monthly salary. So they'll just literally just pay you to work for them and post on your feed. They'll pay you product commission as well. So they have an affiliate system set up with your voucher code generating commission for you when your followers purchase through the voucher code. So this is a great way to kind of mobilize the army, if you like. If you're audience is prominent on social, if your audience has a following, then this is a great way to tap into that following. Because if you think about it as a follower of that influencer, it's a much more compelling proposition for them to see someone that they idolize, someone that they follow promoting a product than you having to pay to advertise that person. Of course, perfect world is you do both, right? So you run an ad with that influencer in, to their audience that's a great way of getting visibility for your page to their audience in a relevant way but this is a great way of tapping into your customers audiences and kind of mobilizing that army to get a bit of viral traction and I use viral very loosely but you can see what I mean because this is how we turn one customer into many customers now obviously this takes setup and if you're going to set up an affiliate program you need to work out their commissions and how you manage this and how you promote it but You can see the principle behind this, and it's very interesting to see that MyProtein are doing this considering one of the very, very early growth strategies they used back in probably 2010 to 2012 was sending out affiliate codes with all of their products. They knew that turning their customers into advocates was going to be important because their customers spent time in the gym, so their customers knew other potential MyProtein customers. So by all means, rely on word of mouth, but it's even better if you can incentivize word of mouth. Hey, Tim here, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. If you're enjoying this episode, then please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We absolutely love it. And if you need help growing your own website, whether you're a DTC brand or not, then check out the Exposure Ninja free website and digital marketing review. This is a completely free service where you'll tell us a little bit about your business. We'll then analyze your website, your competitors, and the opportunities that you have to generate more leads and sales through your website. We'll then record a 50 15-minute video which we'll send over to you by email, usually within 2-3 to working days. Like I say, this service is completely free and it is totally awesome. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your free website and marketing review today. Okay, so what are my top tips if you're growing a direct consumer brand? In this video, we've covered loads of different things that you can be doing within positioning, presence, process, people, and progression. Well, my top tips based on the things that we most often see DTC brands coming unstuck with. Number one, figure out who you're selling to and exactly what it is that you're selling. Now, you might be tempted to skip this, particularly if it feels difficult or it's a little bit unclear and it feels uncomfortable going there. But when we look at the analytics for a direct consumer website, we can usually tell the business that doesn't have clear positioning. The metric that shows up as unclear positioning, conversion rate. You might be getting a lot of people onto your site, but if your site isn't converting properly, often that can be a positioning thing because your audience just doesn't understand why they should buy from you rather than somebody else. Now, luckily, we've got lots of videos on this type of thing, including one on how to build a positioning statement. So go and check that out. But figure out your positioning. Please don't skip this step. Tip number two is figuring out your call to action for lead generation. Yes, lead generation. Even if you're selling e-commerce, you want to be generating leads on your website. As we've seen today, Loads of direct consumer brands are doing this and you need to be doing it too. The customer acquisition costs with e-commerce being such a hot thing at the moment are so high that if you're not generating leads and you don't have fancy email automations on the back end, you might find it quite difficult to acquire as many customers as you really want. So figure out what your offer is, figure out what you can give people to have them give you their email address and then go and watch our video on how to set up fancy email automations to turn these people into customers, advocates, repeat customers. Tip three, conversion on your website. Make sure that your e-commerce conversion rate is decent. And by decent, preferably we mean above 2%. Now, obviously this depends on your traffic source. We've got clients converting at 10 to 15%. But it depends on your traffic source, how well qualified they are, and if you're selling a lot to repeat customers. But what you don't want to be doing is going into advertising and driving traffic if you've got a very low conversion rate, because that's going to reduce the profitability of everything else that you're doing. So for a lot of e-commerce businesses and direct to consumer is no exception. E-commerce conversion rate is about your category pages and your product pages. So the pages that help people find the right product for them and then the pages that sell that product to them. So we talked about the Smile Direct Club site earlier, how it removes the objections that people might have. Generally for direct to consumer brands, Good product pages are about lots of product photography, product reviews. If you can get video on there, so much the better. If the video describes the product and adds a bit of personality to the brand, even better still. What you don't want to do is just have one or two crappy low-resolution images that don't do a particularly good job of selling the product at all. One paragraph of copy and then no reviews. That stuff doesn't convert. So take some time to make your product pages really good your conversion rates will thank you. Next bite-sized takeaway, traffic. Make sure that you're not becoming over-reliant on any one particular traffic source. Like I say, in general, we like to recommend an organic and a paid traffic source as bare minimum, okay? Some businesses, you can't do paid traffic. If that's you, fair enough. Now, the other question is whether you go social or whether you go search first. A lot of businesses, if they're consumer think they need to pile everything into social. It's not always the way think through what your business sells and the mindset that your customer is in. If your customers are searching for something, if they have a problem that they know about, and they're looking for solutions that a lot of the time search makes most sense because you can advertise and you can get content ranking for those things that they are searching for. If you're selling something that's more impulse purchased, you can show it to someone and they go, ah, yeah, do you know what? Actually, that's pretty cool. I'm going to buy it. Then social makes a lot more sense because then you can run ads and you've got organic content which can target people based on their interests and based on their uh, likes and dislikes and demographic rather than having to wait until they're ready to search for that thing. So choose your flavor and then find an organic and a paid traffic source that work really well. Then you can scale up from there. Of course, all the biggest DTC brands are doing both, are doing all all flavors of everything. But as you're growing. Pick one and then find two channels within that are paid and an organic. Final thing, progression. Don't just let your customers sit there. Don't just go always chasing the new customer because you have to pay to get the new customer. If you've got your existing customer list just sitting there without getting any emails, without getting any retargeting ads from you, this is a goldmine opportunity. So get some automation set up, segment that list, get some automations based on their interests, the product types that they've purchased what they're into. If you're struggling to know what you should be sending people, then check out our email marketing videos for more tips on this. But for goodness sake, get some progression in there. And if you can look at setting up an affiliate system or some kind of ambassador program where you can mobilize your customers to go out and get new customers for you as well. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And if you haven't checked out the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel, then I'd encourage you to do so. We've got detailed digital marketing teardowns in video form of Gymshark, Movement Watches and The Hut Group all on our Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. So check it out, just go to YouTube and type Exposure Ninja. Don't forget if you haven't already to request your free website and marketing review, subscribe to this podcast and we'll see you next week.